This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. I sit down to have conversations with people to discuss their lives, their careers, hear their stories, and find out what moves and drives them. My guest today is Maggie Weston. She's been a top real estate agent for over 30 years in Northern Orange County. While in high school, she had a chance encounter with a Hollywood star. And I remember making this big banner from some of our art paper, and I gathered everybody's lipsticks that I could and wrote, we love Michael J. Fox, and we put it on his trailer, and then he actually, he found out it was me. He wanted to know who it was that did it, and he brought me into his trailer. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. We have such guests as Emmy winners, coaches, and funny man comedian, Phil Thurman. My mom and I are a lot alike, so much okay. that when you're so much like somebody, you, you tend to argue a lot. Right. And our arguments often went from, and anybody that was in the room, our arguments started from something kind of civil and pretty cool, you know, just a nice little debate. And then it just went to god awful, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. And now it's just rubbish. Yeah. And we're just trying to say anything, carrot sticks yeah. at each other, whatever word. And, then, and But we knew what we meant behind carrot sticks. Right. And the arguments just went to shit and went nowhere. And then we'd start laughing. Every, like my dad would just go nuts. Like, I don't even know what you guys are saying and like run out of the room. Now, was he the straight man? Yes, absolutely the straight man. My dad was so easy to work over with a comedy bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before having our conversation with Maggie Weston. Maggie, thanks for doing this. This is going to be great. Thanks for having me today. This is going to be fun. It is. So, you are my second real estate agent I've had on the show because I believe right now it is a huge market shift. People are either leaving California in droves or they're shifting home sales. Everything's kind of crazy. So, we're definitely going to dive into that. But I want to get to know you, so... Where did you grow up? Because let's, we'll let the cat out of the bag. You grew up with my wife. I did. Right? I did. Yeah, that's how we met. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad that we reconnected a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's great. Found each other on Facebook <laughs> of, of all places. places. Yeah. yeah. Like lovers. Oh, yeah. hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so where did you grow up? In Whittier? So I grew up in Whittier. Born so and raised. Girl. Yeah. So what yeah. is it? The girls in Whittier are prettier? That's, that's, what, what, that's what Brad Pitt says. <laughs> so. Brad Pitt said that? Yeah, it was Brad Pitt. He said it in an interview. I think, I, well, is this Jennifer is what Ann? I... <laughs> what you're told? I don't... I think I read it in Us Weekly or something is, like that, so... Jennifer Aniston from Whittier? I don't think it was... It was when he was younger. Oh, I think he was when he dating. he was a kid. Yeah. Oh, when he yeah. was... Hey, I'll take it. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> did Brad Pitt ever come around the neighborhood and... No, no. Michael J. Fox did, though. Oh. Because I was at Whittier High School for high school, and um, they filmed Back to the Future. Right, at the... Uh-huh. At Whittier High. Yeah, yeah, so... Which Were is, you on campus at the time? Did you guys I was know on it campus. was going on? Yes. Yes, we did. And I remember making this big banner from some of our art paper, and I gathered everybody's lipsticks that I could and wrote, we love Michael J. Fox, and we <laughs> put it on his trailer. <laughs> and then he actually you, he found out it was me. He wanted to know who it was that did it, and he brought me into his trailer. No. Oh, yeah. this uh, podcast just completely changed. <laughs> Went from gossip all of a sudden. Wait, so... 
from like a big those just big paper banners you would see yeah. like at a high school game, Go yeah. Spartans. Yeah, that and you, you do just like wrote, for, for right. a football game or right. something. Yeah, and you wrote Michael J. Fox, you're the cutest. Yeah, or? I think I wrote We Love You. We Love You, like Michael, that. or did you yeah. get Michael on? Just We Love You. I don't remember. <laughs> and then so you got to see the trailer. I did. Was it cool? Absolutely. Did it have little furniture or yeah. was it normal oh. furniture? <laughs> I had to say that. So that's great. So yeah. were any of you guys extras? No, I don't. I certainly wasn't. Right. But I mean, you um, could have. You I don't think so. If I remember correctly, they brought everybody in for it. And they filmed later after school hours. And did they do that summertime or how did they do that? Did they try to? It wasn't even summer. We were still there. Wow. Like, we all remember them coming. They took one of our parking lots over. Um with the trailers right. and everything, yeah. Because I haven't seen the movie in years, but I guess yeah. most of the time they're on campus, it's during night. I think so, yes. It was definitely after. Right, because they do the dance in the auditorium uh-huh. where he's trying to get his mom and dad to to dance, and he's uh-huh. playing in the band. But I don't think... Are they, There's never... a couple scenes in some of the hallways. Okay. And... Um, Sort of where the office, the school offices were, oh, right, right around that area. but And that's pretty much what they used. Was that your guys' auditorium in the movie? That is. Wow. Yeah. Whittier High School. I mean, I haven't been there now in years right. either, but. That's good. You it shouldn't was... be hanging out at a high school. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous auditorium. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful old school. Yeah. You guys yeah. were lucky you guys had something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. nowadays they're like big cement factories. They don't look anything yeah. like cool like that. And you know, I don't know if we all realized. No, you never do at you 15 yeah. that you're in a cool facility. Right. It's just a right. compound they make you go to for six <laughs> hours a day. We were always trying to get out. Exactly. <laughs> like prison. Yeah, exactly. So how did you find real estate? Well, I grew up with a mother who was in real estate. Okay. Yeah. When I was five, my mom got her real estate license. Wow. Okay. So, so you've been around her for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom came from Germany. She's okay. from, actually, my mom grew up in East Berlin. Wow. Yeah. This and, podcast is just <laughs> completely changing. From Michael J. Fox to East Berlin. Really? Yeah. So pre- during Cold War. Yes. And so before the wall came up, they actually escaped one night over. They jumped on a train. You should have her on wow, here. Wow, yeah. Boy, if somebody can tell you a story, it's Absolutely. my mom. Absolutely. I'm writing this down right yeah. now, Mom, West Berlin. She really, yeah. when did she escape? I don't remember exactly 60s, what 50s? year. 50s? But she was... A kid? Tw- she was a child? She was 12. Oh, she was a girl, a little yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many? How many left? Like her mom and dad, her, her brother, sister, her dad, and a sister. Wow. Yeah, they went and lived with um, family in West Germany in a little one-bedroom apartment. Wow. Yeah. So she was born and raised in East Germany. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is yeah. crazy. So mom. So my mother looked at real estate over here as this fabulous adventure. Sure. Um. Just something that had potential for great wealth. And, you know, she came from a place where you couldn't own right, anything. Right, absolutely. And she thought, I think Americans were a little bit crazy that they weren't all buying everything <laughs> up because you can, right. you know. Um, so, yeah, so she went into real estate. And now, were you guys living in Whittier at the time? We were living in Whittier over okay. by Palm Park. Okay, yeah. a beautiful area. Yeah, yeah. And then my mom and dad got a divorce. Okay, so, so that... So she was a single mom in real estate, and I remember going, she pretty much dragged me around everywhere. 
uh, right, with the, her. The little yeah. girl just dragging around. Yeah, being... sitting open houses, you know, um, going to see clients. And at, back in the day when my mom sold real estate, there was a thing called floor time. So, you know, pre-cell phones, okay, agents, right. agents would put up a sign with the office phone number on it. So somebody was always at the front desk. The realtors would rotate oh, time okay. frames and that they would sit there and they would... Um, answer the phones on whoever was calling on the sign. Well, it was a Saturday and it was, you know, when interest rates were like 17% and my mom was like having nothing. We were sort of wondering what we were gonna do. Wow. And um, this very wealthy man came in. He actually owned a patent for some stainless steel products that went into prisons. And <laughs> Into prisons, okay. <laughs> and he told her, um, that he needed to buy a couple apartment buildings cash and basically saved us. And that was, I think, the beginning when I went, huh, maybe I should get into real estate. And I was just a small little girl, but you saw that, something. that was when I started to really like the adventure, I think, of it. Now, too. was she with like a Century 21 back then, or how was it? Similar to the same yes. as today? Yeah, she's been, um, this is actually going to be her last year in real oh, estate. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she's going to hang it up, I she's guess. She's going to hang it up after the end of this year. Um, she started out, If nobody even hears about this company anymore, but it was Herbert Hawkins. Okay. And he was actually um, a really helpful, great man to his realtors. And my mom always says that she just owes everything to him. Like, he taught her. A lot. How to do it. Mm -hmm. Was he a real estate guy himself or he yeah. just owned the company? I believe he was a real estate guy himself. Okay. Yeah. And then he just knew what he was doing, opened up a shop and Yeah. Was it kind of the Whittier Pointy Hills area or how broad did they get in the Yeah. She stayed pretty much Whittier. Okay. Um you know, and and it's a lot. There's a lot of places in Whittier between the hills and down low and by right. the malls. And back then there wasn't as many real estate agents. Sure. As there right. are. Yeah, you were a professional. You didn't kind of do it on the side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember all my mom's friends were in real estate too. And oh, really? Yeah. Just it, a little gal thing. They all would get together. Yeah. And yeah. In fact, I'm actually in a deal with somebody that my mom was back in real estate with, back in the day. Um, and so when my client was going to make an offer, I kind of brought that up. Like, do you remember me? I'm her daughter. <laughs> I was a little one running around. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So as a little girl seeing this happen, what was the most intriguing thing to you? Was it the going to different homes or seeing people happy or sad to sell? Or what was the thing? I think it really was going into the homes. Um, it, everybody always says that nowadays they're like oh it must be so much fun going into homes right. and and yes it is sure there's a whole other side to the real estate business but i do think that that is one of the things that attracts a lot of people into it is we do get access to see some pretty exciting things and i've always loved design okay um i stage my own properties okay i actually for a little bit of a time staged for other realtors i wow. i sort of did it on the on just sort of like the fly for somebody and sure. then i started having them all call me and asking me to do it i think that's one of the things because that, that's a big deal right i think it is a really big deal yeah it just can really change the not only the whole look but the function of the property too because some people can't come in and sort of see how things are supposed to 
fit and right. work. Right, because so, they're trying to make their, this space their space. Exactly. Where would my couch go? Do I don't like the way they have a TV. You yeah. know, will my dining room set fit in this dining room? Right. And then they start looking at pictures of other people and sure. they, they start thinking it's their home instead of picturing themselves right. in the home. So when you're staging something like that, what's your mindset? What are you thinking? Clear the clutter and make it simple? Pretty much. I The first thing I always do when I walk into a home is I pick up on whatever distracts me. Okay. So if it's distracting me from the actual home and the floor plan, I pretty much get rid of it. Okay. Do you do... Do you try to tell the seller that beforehand, or is it something you just go in because you know better? You don't want to offend people, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You don't want to be like, your clutter is clutter, and they think it's that's where the couch yes. is going to be. I try to explain to everybody before I walk in sure. that I myself would have to stage my own home if I were to put it up for sure. sale. I have collections of things and family photos and crazy shelves that my kids have, you know, <laughs> named theirs, that all that would have to go. And right. I, I try to approach it in that way because we certainly don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. You're not but trying to offend anybody. Coming in and looking at it from a buyer's point of view strictly. Right. And that's in the end, that's what you're trying to do for them. Sell the house. Absolutely. And if this works, trust me, that's why you brought me in. Yeah. Yeah. I do it is actually really wonderful when they do just give me full trust and right. full reign. Because then I can go. Yours. Yes. Do what you want. <laughs> yes. Have Have you walked into some nightmares? Yes, I've actually left. Oh God. Yeah. How bad? Do tell, but save names. Yeah. But how bad? Just. Um. There was one. Orders. Well, I've definitely had that. Um. Just one of the staging instances. It wasn't my listing. Okay. Um. He just had a different vision. I try to look at who I think the buyer's going to be. I look at um, this particular home was in Laverne, okay. and it was a, a rather large home. And I knew the person buying it was probably going to have 3.5 kids, went to church every Sunday, and shopped at Home Goods. Like okay. that's where we were at. And he wanted me to make it like downtown LA, loft, you know, really modern. And we just had such a difference of opinion. I just, Suggested he went with somebody else then. You okay. Know, Sometimes that's how it works. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So when did you get into real estate? When did you say like, okay, okay. I'm in. <laughs> I got, <laughs> right, because you got the bug from mom. Right. I got my license in 1989. Okay. I actually hate saying that. Um, it's okay. <laughs> I was straight out of high school. So you were, oh, I was going to say you were five when you got it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, straight out of high school. Like wow, a, that's great that you knew though. Like, mm -hmm. like I'm going to take going to join the Marines. You knew I'm I'm in real estate. This yes. is me. Yes, yes. Then that's I went a badge. That's a good thing that you weren't the confused kid. Well, I mean, <laughs> everybody has some confusion. Sure, I'll say you got your crap together. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I wound up getting married. Okay, that uh, happens. <laughs> having a couple kids. So I sort of took real estate at that point as um, whatever sort of came my way. I okay. worked with clients, whoever I had. One of the things I learned from my mom was that we always just stayed in touch with the clients. Every Christmas, she'd bring them a box of C's candy. And when the strawberries were in season, she'd 
go to the farmer's market uptown Whittier and she'd buy a bunch of strawberries and drop them by the clients' homes. And so things like that I would continue. And then when my last baby went into um, preschool, that was when I was like, okay, it's time to really get back in the game again. You're in it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So had things changed from the time like when your mom was doing this to you, <laughs> like being fully committed? Yes, absolutely. So when my mom was in the business, the real estate contract, for instance, was half a page long. There was actually a whole section that you could write stuff into just extra stuff. Wow. Um, we're now, boy, we just changed again in uh, beginning of October. I think we're 11 or 12 pages Oh, now. boy. Yeah, yeah. So we, that's a big difference from half a page to basically yes. a document. And the disclosures and the whole process is it's a little different. I, you know, at the end of the day, we're still dealing with people's lives. Sure. And those type of fundamental things, I think, are the same. But I definitely the paperwork, um, the communication has changed. Right. Uh, the way we get clients has, yeah. you know, that's... Yeah. Okay. So even from the time you started to today this morning, it's completely evolved. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, it's so like with your mom leaving this year, she's got to look back at it and go, I can't believe that's how I started. Right. She's, so one of the things about my mom is she's really not big on this whole iPhone, um, social media platform that we're and I all, can understand. Yeah. Sure. Having to be on. In fact, she still has a flip phone. That's awesome. And we keep teasing her that she really needs to get rid of it, that it might blow up on her <laughs> one day because we just can't imagine that thing's going to keep lasting, but it does. It's probably bulletproof. That yeah. thing will probably outlast all of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So what has evolved then, let's say just in the last 10 years for you? So in the last 10 years, um, well, one of the things I would say for me is, you know, growing up, watching real estate, it was pretty cyclic. Like every 10 years, we would see it go up and reach its peak, and then we'd see it sort of come back down again okay. and then hit its bottom and then come back up. And I would say these last 10 years, it's just kind of, I feel like we're watching it on the daily. Really? We're just... Uh, there's a lot of predictions out there. I was listening to somebody else this morning who was, um, you know, saying that she thinks it's only another year. And then there's, you know, different schools of thought that think it's another three years of how great the market is. Yeah, I think that that's just it. It's not as predictable as it used to okay. be. Has any of that, does that take place because maybe of technology People are moving more, moving less. Like, what makes that cycle stretch a little longer? Yeah. Is there any idea? Um, well, definitely things are changing because of technology. Um, I would say one of the things that's really changed is a lot of people are aging in place. Okay. We have a lot of, um, and that's partially why we have a little bit of the dilemma that we do right now with low inventory. A lot of our people who, as they're aging, they have a pretty decent interest rate at this point, even if they're at about four or five. So with the rapid increase in price, and before the last couple of years, why would they change? They sure. had a good, they have a nice house that is accommodating them and their interest rate is decent. So they're pretty much just staying. Um, 
that would be one of the things that I think has changed as I think back, you know, in the past, people used to always be thinking about moving into the next house. Sure. And that just, the, as we get it was older, about seven we'll, years. Yeah. And we're not seeing that as much anymore. It, yeah. Because it used to be you buy your starter home. Then maybe you get kids, so you buy a different home. Mm-hmm. And then the kids would go away. Or the kids would get more kids, so you get a bigger home. Then kids go away, downsize. Right. And then maybe then after that, maybe a retirement home. Right. Where now it's kind of like we buy a home, we stay for 40 years. Right. And, so th- right. and maybe it's a California thing a lot, too. Um, and maybe, you know, all of it from the way it used to be to the way it is now that we're just seeing a lot more people staying other than... I have to say this year has been the year that I'm seeing people moving out of California. I was just thinking about it on the way up here that 50% of my sellers have really? moved this year, have sold to move. So they're not moving to like Palm Springs, they're moving to Flagstaff. Yes, they're moving to Arizona, Idaho, Texas. Right, our neighbor's moving to Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, people are out, they're done. Yeah. So you're seeing more of your sellers leaving the state. Yes. So with that, does that give them a sense of like, sell more immediately, just sell the damn thing, Maggie, just get this house out from underneath us? Or are they more patient to go four or five months and wait to hit their number? Um, I think I have both. Okay. For the most part, I do have a lot that trust me with what I'm telling them. You know, I think it still is the truth that if I put a market on, if I put a house on the market at the right price, I'm going to get you probably more money than if we start at a much higher price and work our way Chisel back down. Because right. people start to wonder what's wrong with the property. Sure. Why is it not selling? As compared to if this buzz kind of gets created and we don't have a lot of houses on the market. I mean, every house I've sold this year, I'm having 40 groups go through within, I mean, this last one that I just put up on the market um, a couple weeks ago. On a Saturday, I had 40 different groups come through just wow. on a Saturday. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, and it, you know, I think that you, this number keeps sitting in my head. 50% of the people you're selling out, like they're leaving the state. That is huge. Yeah. That is huge. So are yeah. the other 50%, are they downsizing? Are they moving out of L.A. County or Orange County? Do you, do you get a sense where um, that other 50 is I going? I haven't had too many even moving out of the county. A lot of them have moved either closer to family. Okay. That's been um, part of it. I've also had uh, people that have had um, uh, income-producing properties sell. That's okay. been the other thing that... I would say the other 25% is is I've had income producing selling. We've had a lot of laws change here in California that um, Yeah, we have two things on the ballot right now. Yes, yes, both def- 15 and 21. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And uh, so that's effect, you know, they're actually taking their money and moving it to other states too where there just isn't as much um, like big brother looking over them sure. over the Right. Uh, over what you're doing. I understand, yes. yeah. Yeah. You know, people have got to be aware of where their money's going. Right, right. So that's that's crazy. So in the la- with COVID, right, because we're dealing with now since mm-hmm. March, how has that evolved for you? I mean, that's got to be just bonkers. The way, if I had told you a year ago how you were going to sell these <laughs> homes today, you'd say that's not possible. I would have never imagined. Um, so for me personally, 
going into COVID. And of course, we all thought this was only going to last a couple weeks. Sure. Right. So things have just... Flattened the curve. That was it. Yes. Right. Right. And we were shut down for about a week. We, okay. They, you know, it was kind of like... that's fine. Are we essential? Are we not? I had a couple things in escrow. You know, I actually had one buyer that almost backed out during the time. Um, you know, I said, let's just wait. Yeah, and tell me, how did you... Deal with your clients in those first yeah. couple of weeks. Well, I think one of the things that we get pretty good at as being real estate agents is sort of calming people's fears, sort of having everybody just sort of step back, take a deep breath. You know, some of these decisions don't need to be made this hour. So you're a bit of a we, psychiatrist in that. Yeah, there's a little bit of that that kind of does kind of come into play because we've seen it. We've seen it so many times. I had this conversation last night with one of my clients that, you know, it, I get it. It's very confusing at times, the different people that are coming through their houses and just to have somebody who's seen it, done it, you know. Right. You know, that I think. Just calming. Um, yes. Just to know how many transactions we've done and how often we've seen things. And and that and then I also always say at the end of the day, you know, the, one of the things that did come out of COVID is people were allowed to back out if they thought they weren't going to be able to to stay in because of a job right. or for some reason. And so, you know, we, I think in this business, it's really important to just be on the daily trying to learn kind of what's happening and what some of the new th standards are. And so just to stay up on that and then be able to share that with the clients, I think helped a lot. Um, Did now, you have some clients just really be rough in those first couple of weeks, just a mess? I had one, one particular client. They were moving from up north to down here. I mean, they they were in their seventies. Oh, so you know so, yeah. there was that aspect They're moving closer of to family. it. Yes, right. all their kids are down here in South County. Right. So I mean, but there was that whole aspect of like we don't want to catch it at right. our age, you know, and having to have a notary. Literally, the notary was in her car outside their home up up in Pismo Beach. Okay, and she would take the documents leave them on the table. They would leave their IDs on the table. She would run back to her car, put everything in her book, and swap everything out. And they were signing. It was bonkers, really, if you think oh, about Jesus. it. We're not as we're not as strict now right. today. Absolutely. Um, but that was sort of, because nobody really knew that was the protocol. Right. Um, Everybody thinks you were catching some, you know, that's it. You're done. You, yes. Whatever you had, you, you don't have a chance. Yes. You're dead tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So there was that. Um, one of the things very quickly that the California Association of Realtors implemented into our paperwork was, um, we call it the PEED. It's basically a form that everybody who, before they come into the home, has to sign okay. that they're aware, basically, that the coronavirus is out there, that they're going to follow, you know, all the precautionary standards, and um, and of course have to sign that they don't feel that they have any of the symptoms right. at the they're time. Right. They're not hot, sweaty, coughing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of symptoms. Right. <laughs> um, and the sellers also are having to sign now a form that says that they're allowing oh people goodness. into their home. Yeah. And with that, with that came a real strict appointment and a real strict appointment time. We used to be, um, well, and, and, and again, the low inventory has played into that too. Now there's pretty much a 15 minute window is what I'm seeing most agents give for people to view, it. to view the home and you really need to be on time 
and which is actually a good thing. <laughs> right. No, that is I a mean, good thing, but that's tough to kind of assess. Tough. Like It's tough. The <laughs> biggest financial investment of my life, I got 15 minutes to look at it. Yes. And, and it's only two people at a time with the realtor. So if you want mom and dad to come and look at it, they're going to fill out another form and they're going to have a whole nother appointment to get in and no children under the age of 18 too I just closed one a couple weeks ago now why is that just another body they don't want in the house I think that that's part of it and just I guess to keep them safe also too yeah just less people I think is really the the point of it more than anything and yeah the kids were 14 and 4 and had never seen the home that the parents were buying oh my goodness until the day we closed right just pictures on the website yes yeah, this yeah. is going to be your room. Like it. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's got to be rough. Yeah, it is. Well, and then scheduling things. Um, I just put a buyer in currently, and they have a four-month-old baby. So every oh. time that we went to look at something, we had to either have somebody with us to stay with the baby, or the baby would have to go to one of the grandparents. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as a little tiny baby that you would normally, you know, right. just take along into yeah. the homes. Yeah, just things have really changed. And, and and with that came also that we weren't allowed to have open houses. Right, yeah. No Saturday open houses mm-hmm. from noon to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I used to do a big production at my open houses. Now, now, how big were those for you, an open house? Is that like a bigger net, see how many fish you can get? Yeah, so, you know, especially people that are starting out in the business, open houses are um, a real tactic also, too, for them to be able to pick up people who are looking to buy a house. Sure. And I would have often lots of agents who are new in the business asking if they could either come and join me at the open house or, you know, even do the open houses for me because right. they were looking to hopefully somebody would walk in who didn't have an agent with them and was looking for some help and they'd pick those clients up. Um, so I would say for more the new agents, that's probably affected them oh, a lot tough. more. Um, I really enjoyed an open house. I I would go and invite all the neighbors always whenever I got a listing, and it was just sort of fun getting to know them. And I would always do a little special preview for them, and I would get, um, you know, like some like little donuts or something and coffee and have everybody over. And so I miss that, right. which I think most people miss sure. in all of their jobs, the socializing aspect and the sharing right. of each other's lives that we don't get to have as much now. Yeah, because now you're down to every 15 minutes. That's four <laughs> yes. people in an hour. Yes. Well, and I do need to say that they did just tell us now that we can have, I think this is the funniest thing, we can have open houses that are by appointment only. So isn't that the same thing? What it's you're doing? the same thing, except now we're allowed to sit there at the property outside. <laughs> so... How do you even do that? Like, you still have to sign up. And is it still the same two people, 15 minutes? It still is, yeah. So, for instance, with this last one, um, and I was telling you this earlier, like, I have to buckle down when I'm putting a listing in. I clear my voicemails. I have a planner in front of me whenever I answer that phone. Because I'm trying to make sure I'm scheduling everybody's appointments. And I did, uh, because I was allowed, I sat out in the front yard. I brought a little patio (laughs) set over, and I sat there. um, And 
it, I guess it was kind of a good thing, you know, with the little hand sanitizer and everything. I had, I had a little bit more control over what was happening and people that were late for their appointments, you know, making them wait to okay. the people who did show up right. on time for their appointments. Um, but I do have to say, I left there exhausted. I'm because sure. Because everybody wanted to know, like, the in, how are they going to get this property, you know, and it, it just was like, You're like gatekeeper, teacher, health expert. You're trying to sell a home. Right. Trying to help the the seller. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. How many hours was that? I did it for four hours, I believe, that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long day. Yeah, it was a long day. How many people ran through? About, About 40 different groups. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, I mean, so you've been doing this since you were five. (laughs) <laughs> Do you have absolute, like, uh, are there some true, like, clients that are the good, like I said to you, the good, the bad, the ugly? I mean, what makes a good seller buyer? One that listens to me. Okay. <laughs> um, you know. Because they do, they do hire you. So they're hiring you for your expertise. Yeah. So you would want them to at least take some of your advice. You're not winging it. You know what you're right. doing. Right. And I think that is... You know, when they put their trust in us, that especially those of us that have been around for a while and, you know, we've done a couple transactions, um, it just makes it flow a little bit easier to sort of trust the process that we've been through it and we'll get you through whatever happens. Um, I was speaking with one of my clients and I said, you know, if I were to give advice on hiring a real estate agent, my, my first advice would be just to make sure they know what they're doing. Don't hire necessarily the nicest person, although I like to think of myself as one of the nice ones out there. Um, But really, you want somebody who knows that contract, who's like up on top of everything, and then trust us with it as we go through it, if we do know what we're doing. What makes the bad seller buyer? You know, I think I've gotten to a point in my business where I don't have to accept everything that comes my way. Um, that makes life easy. And and there are times when I feel like some people are a little too unrealistic about their price, um, time frames, things like right. that. This is my house. I want it sold at yeah. X amount in two weeks. Yeah. You roll your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not up to me. It's up to the market to sort of right. decide. In the end, that's yeah. right. And that's really, um, it was, so the people that don't believe in that that believe that there's some unicorn out there. Um, <laughs> you wish. Yeah. Those are the ones that are tough. And then every once in a while, I'll get a little a little hot-headed <laughs> seller. But I think I've become pretty good at that, too, just over the years, you know. I get it. I get right. it. It gets upsetting at times. And and I can hear him out. And then, then we can move on. Do you got the ugly? Do you got the uh, ugly side? The the just absolute nightmare stories. Wow. I mean, you've sold enough houses or told enough buyers like yeah. this isn't happening. You know, well, I would say a lot of what the I don't want to call it a problem, but <laughs> I um, will. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the other side. 
Okay. So a lot of times working with my clients, you know, we've got like a rhythm and a flow that's happening. And I try to like, you know, tell them the process up front. Like we have a meeting up front about what's going to happen. Sure. So there aren't surprises. So they can start preparing for things. But when we start bringing in other personalities and other agents who maybe do things a little bit differently, um, that's when it can get a little hairy sometimes. And my worst story is probably I had this one agent who refused to text or email anything. Everything had to be a phone call with him, which was fine with me if he would answer his phone. (laughs) Yeah. The problem was he wouldn't answer his phone. And we were getting close to closing. And at closing, a lot of people don't know, we do a final walkthrough where we make sure everything's been repaired that needed to be repaired and basically everything agreed upon right everything's agreed upon the home is in the same condition you know as there aren't any holes in the wall you know nothing they didn't take the screen doors or whatever big party and you know everything's gone um so i couldn't get a hold of him well my buyers were lovely people and they were so excited about this house that they kept circling the neighborhood during the whole transaction and a lot of times they'd see the seller out there and they would stop and talk to the seller and so they established a relationship with the seller outside of us agents and they exchanged phone numbers and everything and and these particular sellers this was years ago but these particular sellers were moving out of state also so okay. it was a big a big move a big plan happening always and so it was we were supposed to close on a monday and it was a wednesday and i called the other agent and no answer. So all of Wednesday, I tried oh, calling man. him with no answer. So I on Thursday, I said, I'm almost done with this guy. I'm going to text him, email him, call him again. Just I need to get my client in there. And again, no answer. So I called my buyers and I said, hey, you're friends with the sellers. We just need to walk through the property. Why don't you schedule an appointment with them and then tell them to tell their agent? <laughs> so that's basically what happened. And he called me up. <laughs> And tried to just let me have it. I mean, just... Now he calls. Yes, now I got the phone call back. Uh-huh. And he ripped me a new one. So, but hey. Finally how that works. My clients got through. We closed the house. Um, it was good. It was done. But those are the type of things, I think, sometimes that are the real ugly, in the, unfortunately, in this business. Because I grew up, again, with my mom in a time when... Realtors and buyers and sellers met around the dining room table. Sure. And they talked, they they hashed out the whole deal right then and there. And everything was just a lot simpler. Or now, you know. That sounds so sweet. It does, doesn't it? And it was. I see cookies on the table. Yes. Someone bringing coffee Uh and Uh just discuss. Uh Where are you going? What are we doing? Oh, you're bringing in the family. We raised ours here. Absolutely. Yeah. Now it's a wrestling match. Right. Sometimes I feel like we walk into transactions and everybody has their dukes up. They're just ready to fight. Where I'm, you know, like we really all have the same goal here, which is to get the home sold and to, to get everybody where they need to, to be. To get you out nicely, to yes. get them in nicely. Yes. and absolutely. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So yeah. where where do you see the market going, or at least with covid in like six months or the end of the year, being that you've had seven months now to deal with this. Right. Do you see it getting better, worse, the same? Well, I can say that I, you know, interest rates are at an all-time low. I mean, they're practically giving you money. Right. Like, what is it down to now? To buy a house. We're seeing under three 
at times. I've even heard like under two for some refis. Jeez. Yeah, which is really almost free money if you think about it. And with that said, I mean, you think about that under two when at some points it was at like nine, ten, eleven. Like my parents at one point said it was like mm-hmm. eleven. Like yeah. that is so cheap, right? Right. That is seventy, eighty, hundred thousand dollars depending on the size of the home. Yeah, and it gives people more buying power, too. Right. It change. A lot of people don't realize. A lot of people think about just the price when they're moving in the real estate market, and right. and you know that prices are high and they don't want to buy because prices are high. But what they don't realize is that on the life of a loan, if you have a low interest rate, you will save way beyond that maybe ten thousand dollars more that the market is calling for the home right now. Right, you will easily. you easily save it like really quickly actually uh-huh. with some of these interest rates. Because by that, let's say that house is seven hundred thousand, and you're like, oh, it's way too much. If that house was uh, five eighty, but the interest rate yeah. was seven, good yeah, luck. Absolutely, that house is nine after yeah. thirty years. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what a lot of people don't. They look at the overall price instead of looking at the payment and what the interest long term and all that is. Yeah. So you know, with that, and they're telling us that the low interest rate is going to stay for a little bit longer to help stimulate the economy. Right. Um, I think we are going to still see the market. I mean, it's on fire right now. It's it's strong. I'm having one of my best years. Isn't that crazy? It really is. And I, For some, all the hoops you have to jump through. Yeah. And sometimes I feel a little bad saying that because I know a lot of people are really struggling out there. But the real estate market is at, here in California. And I'm, you know, mainly North Orange County. Um Go into South County, go into some parts of LA County. I grew up, you know, in Whittier, right. so La Habra, sure. all those sort of surrounding areas. Uh, it's just, it's just mind blowing how how good the market is for both the buyer and the seller. It is really a win win situation right now. Is it going to last? You know, I, there's nothing a lot, ever lasts. Yeah, but. and there's a lot of things up in the air. Sure. You know. We've got a whole political climate that's going on. Um, heck, an earthquake could come through, right? And right. And then that could really change Absolutely. the whole look of it. I think looking at it long term of the fact that we do have these historic low interest rates, we are going to see a lot of uh, more stay in place, age in place type of ownership. Right. Who's going to want to change that interest rate if the interest rate goes back up to six, they're going to want to stay oh, absolutely. in yes. those homes. Grandma and grandpa are going to yeah. want to leave. Now, we do have some propositions, and I know there's some things in the making here in California, at least, that could change the climate for a lot of our, our uh, elderly generations. Um, you know, if there's talk of Prop 13 going away, if that goes away, they're going to really be in trouble, and they're going to have to they, they can't readjust their property taxes right. to today's standards from 30 years ago. No They'll have way. to leave this state, like, immediately. Yes. and um, Everybody will. That's the thing they don't realize. Yeah. It's a huge shift. Yes, huge shift. Huge. So, you know, with all those things kind of just up in the air, I mean, real estate's still strong. I do think we're going to stay strong at least for the next six months. Right. Um if I were, if I was somebody who was looking to buy and had any thoughts, if I was on the fence, I would jump off that fence right now and go buy a house. Right. You, you won't. This it, is the time. This is the time. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do it. It's hot. It's hot. People are leaving. People are selling. Yes. And there's a lot of, there's still a lot of people here in California that want to buy a house. Sure. So right. <laughs> it's still a really, really good time. Yeah. That is crazy. So let's talk about, because this is how, what I found, and I thought it was awesome, is two years ago, mm-hmm. what made you jump into becoming, and I'm going to say it, a YouTube star. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 technological jump did you decide? Like I'm going to do that. I'm putting my face front of the camera. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I hope I embarrassed you because you're yeah. adorable yes, in the video. Yes, you did. You Good. did it. You yes. did embarrass me a little Good. bit. But I feel Good. like I'm getting hot right yeah, now. I am you're turning blushing red. Yes. And you look adorable. <laughs> but no, but like you're so fantastic in those videos. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. I think that just comes from a passion. To me, one of the things I looked at, you asked me that question. I, you know, everybody's attention is on their phone. I remember being in one of the bagel places about two years ago, and there was a a mother and a son eating, and they both had their phones propped up on the window. They were sitting at like a breakfast counter, had it propped up on the window, never spoke a word the whole time, walked out with that phone, the son did, with it in his hand, looking down whole time, never a word. And I thought, to, you know. This is a mother and son. Yes. And zero talk. Zero talk. And I thought everybody's attention is right there on that phone. And I've always been um, really involved in the community. I'm a single gal right. now. And I've spent a lot of time just in the restaurants. Just, okay. And we have a, I don't, I know you know Fullerton. A lot of people don't know how, how really quaint and we're lucky. Oh yeah, we have just a fantastic little area down there of uh, uh, small business owners, small restaurants that just make some pretty fantastic food. Right, and we're very, very, very yes. lucky that what we have in our area. Yeah, and just walking the streets too. Right, you know, I mean, there's just so much to see, and. I just thought, you know, I kept hearing that as real estate agents, we sort of needed to be out there a little bit more. And I thought, well, what a better way to kind of incorporate my love for the city and these business owners who I've gotten to know over the years. And I love stories, too. I mean, <laughs> come on, I grew up with a mom who came out of East Berlin, you yeah. know, and I could go on about her story and meeting my dad and, you know, flying over here and getting married in Las Vegas on the whim, you know. Um, oh, that's going to be a great podcast when yes. I have her on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I just thought I could maybe combine this. And I'd already been shooting video and doing what? Uh, what with sh- houses. Okay. Of houses. I necessarily wasn't. Uh, you in know, front of in the front cam- of the camera. But it was something to show the clients? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'd create these little videos of the home. Um, I love all this stuff. This is like... Were you using your phone or did you actually have a no, video camera? No, no, I have uh, Brandon Brody. He's okay. my cameraman. Okay. And he, him and I, you know, he'd always done all Props my properties. to him because he's oh, doing a great job. He is really amazing. And he's so cute, too. How'd you find him? So he is the son of one of, um, she's a loan agent. in in the business and that was her son and he was getting into photography and the whole thing and uh, video really is his thing though this is the way he wants to go and so I had him on the properties and I just called him up one day and I said you know Brody I have this idea like what do you think like I don't even know where to go where to start what to do except the one thing I do know is we just got to go do it we just got to make an appointment and go do it and see what happens and um, and he was for it. 
and actually it's turned into one of his passions too, which I think comes across in the videos that he so well loves done. doing this and we'll call each other about new things that we find out or, <laughs> oh my goodness, he can't buy a new microphone without calling me and <laughs> telling me about it because it's just a really fun, exciting adventure, I would say, that we're both on of and learning about the people too, just learning more of the stories and how much community a lot of these owners of these small businesses give back. You know, right. they, they all, it's very quiet a lot of times, but they're really providing meals to events or charities and things like that. And there's a lot of that. Now, how'd you come up with the name? Oh, no. Yes, come on. <laughs> so I was dating somebody. Oh, boy. <laughs> This podcast is going to be great. This is actually before we started dating. And he knew I was a realtor in Fullerton. And when he would call me in, he was, you know, trying to court me, kind of get me to go out with him. He would say, hey, how's the face of Fullerton doing today? (laughs) And so it just kind of stuck, you know. It just was like... Well, it kind of makes sense, you know, that okay. this is like the face of Fullerton, not that it's necessarily me, right. but, but what you're showing, but what we're showing is the face of Fullerton. Okay. And yeah, that's how the name got started. Has anybody recognized you and give me a shout Absolutely. out? Absolutely. <laughs> it is, it is so much fun. It's been a little bit less since COVID because I'm walking around with a mask. With a mask, yeah. Although I did walk into one of the local restaurants um, the other day and it was super packed and I, uh. I, I pulled my mask down real quick so the owner could see me because he didn't know who I was at first. And he's like, oh, my goodness, it's Maggie. So, yes, I've been in the grocery store and uh, somebody asked me, are you the face of Fullerton? You know, <laughs> man, man, that's me. It's like, yeah. Has it helped the dating life? Well, that's a whole nother story. I mean, that is one thing about putting yourself out there. Right. You know, everything I do is public. Um I do get offers, um, and I is your DM blowing up? Well, and I'll get I'll get videos that I don't want to see. You know, okay. things like that happen, sure. and right. we just have to you go with you it. Just Part kind of, of go business. with it. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a little localized. You know, um, well, how channel. Did, yeah. How did you come up with the idea of like this is how we're going to show Little Fullerton? Like, because you started off with the very first one is the farmer's market. Yes. So then where did you come up with the idea? Like, yeah. let's do, because one's the horse trail. Yes. Like the loop. Yes. And then there's restaurants. So where did you come right. up with those ideas? Um, Just sitting there thinking, I think. With Brody. He, yes. Was it, is it Brandon Brody? It's Brandon Brody. He but... sounds like he should be a cowboy Western TV <laughs> star with that name, Brandon Brody. Yeah. yeah. It's a good um, name. Good, strong name. Yeah. He looks a little bit more like a supermodel. Does though. he? Oh, yeah. Like, Handsome young lad. Oh, he sure is. And we go anywhere and a lot of times in the restaurants, because, you know, pre-COVID, I was asking everybody if it was okay to video them. We don't do any of our videos without permission sure. from everybody in the place. And all of the, the younger girls... Brandon must be 30. All the younger girls are um, always like, is he single? You know? <laughs> he holds a camera. He's so yes. cute. <laughs> that's that's Good Brody. For him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we talked about it a little bit. I okay. think, you know, I mean, really, we really dove in. So uh, Fans 55 was one of the first restaurants okay. that, that we videoed. It was actually video number two. And I was, I frequent there. I was there every Friday. Okay. So I knew the owner's son really well. 
So that helps. And so I, I, it was hard. You know, I had to gain trust with people to see what this idea was all about. Sure. You're approaching and, these people. Yes. With... Yeah. And I kind of came in and just said, hey, we're going to video the restaurant. I think the restaurant was beautiful to me. So right there, there was the appeal of looking at something beautiful. Right. And we're going to watch you make some food, if you let us, because people do seem to like these food channels and stuff <laughs> like that. And then I'm going to interview some people probably along the line. And, uh, you know, he was like, go ahead, do whatever you need to do, you know. And so that was actually the first video that we filmed was actually episode number two. Okay. And... Um, Brandon and I just showed up. I mean, really, literally showed up that day and just went, let's see what happens. And so that one just kind of came. It was it was interesting to see, like, talking to the people. And, of course, we do some interviews that don't make it. Sure. Um, but to see people come alive, like, I, that's what I always remember about episode number two. There was this woman, Janine, that I spoke to. And she just, like, I didn't know how she was going to do right. on camera, which is probably like you with these podcasts. You right. don't really know how somebody's going to do. But, boy, she just came alive. Like, and I thought, wow, this is it. You know, like, this is right here where it it's is. It's tough for people in the public all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Talk on camera. Go. Yes. Although she had no problem. She was like, yeah, let's do this. And so th that one, and then I had, you know, wanted to incorporate some of the things in Fullerton that were my favorite, which was the farmer's market. I love that farmer's market. Mm -hmm. I, I miss the days where we right. had the bands and Absolutely. the beer garden the beer and garden all and that. Everything. It was packed. Yes. It was something. It Kids was, running around everywhere. Yes. Uh-huh. Which is, The you train know. going through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the special allure of downtown Fullerton. Um, so, you know, that one, we actually filmed all three of those on the same day. and On the same day? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We started in the restaurant. Yeah. We started early in the restaurant and, and between that and the park, went back and forth between the <laughs> farmer's market and the park. We were all over the place. Sure. And, you know, it was just like, let's see what happens. And actually, I always... The first episode, I always realized that my tag is sticking out in the back of my jumpsuit well, that I was wearing. And I always tell Brody now, I'm like, you always have to make sure that that's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. But that's, a good cameraman's got to keep an eye on you. You just, just kind of learn as you go. Absolutely. And, and then, you know, you become more comfortable mm -hmm. as you do it more. And I've, and I've sort of got to feel out the owners of the business and where they're at in in being behind and being in front of the camera sure. and stuff too. So each episode is kind of it's you know, I do do you know here's what I'm going to talk here's what I'm going to ask you. We don't pre-script anything. Right. It's all show the place, show yeah. some food, talk about your business. Yeah. Yeah, these yeah. are 5 6 7 minutes long. Yes. Right. So it's yes. like perfect. Yeah. We try to keep it about there. Yeah. Um you know there's a lot to being a YouTuber that a lot of people don't know that goes on behind the scenes, the way that you present the video, you know, your your thumbnail, all that kind. That's a whole class that I'm actually going to be teaching to some realtors oh, in a you. week. Yeah, so since all this, too, that's been another thing. I just did a class um, last week, last Wednesday, actually. Professor uh, Maggie yeah. here. Social Media 101. I just thought you were the super hot version of Huel Hauser, but now you're the professor. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. I've been told that before, yeah. that, it, that it has that feel yeah. of, of Huel Hauser, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's great. Yes. Worked for him for 30 years. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready to take this on the road. Go for it. So how do you pick your restaurants or your events? What do you, what do you decide? You know, um, some of it, 
And have you been rejected? Like you've walked in Absolutely. and asked? Okay. Absolutely. And they've gotten the hell no. Yeah. The, I don't. But normally it's a nice, you know, <laughs> not at this time. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them are shy. Sure. Uh, and it's tough. Yes, it is. It the really gen- is. What, I think that statistic, most people would rather stand naked in front of a thousand people than give a speech yes. in front of a thousand people. Yes. Right? right. Like they're just terrified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And people are very brave behind that keyboard. I've had some things said to me, too, that I've, for instance, um, we did this little shop called The Found Shop. Uh, downtown Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Little, like, uh, they have some clothes and cards and, you know, home stuff, basically. Right. And somebody was really upset with Fullerton that day. And I can't even use, you know, the language mm-hmm. that he wrote, you know, in one of the comments. <laughs> but I, you know, I looked at that comment and I respond to every comment too. So, you oh. know, I'm like, how do I respond to this very angry individual who's this has nothing to even do with this shop or me. It had everything right. to do with... They were just angry. Just, Parking ticket or yes. something. He was pissed. Yes. Um, and then eventually it got taken down. <laughs> I think YouTube thought it was too aggressive because it wow. was super aggressive. Yeah. You didn't just take yeah. it down and just be like, send him like, I do don't. you need a hug? I don't. Because a lot of times that's what people just need. Right. But that might be my response. <laughs> I have tried to respond just in a very like, okay, let's take a minute here. Um but I don't take down any any okay. comments. No, everything's open. I just want to be tr- totally transparent in what we do with everything. It is what it is. Everybody knows. Right. And hey, they say you never really made it until you start getting some bad oh, comments. Absolutely. So absolutely. And you've got what, like 50, 60 of them so far. I think we have sixty-four videos. That's a now. lot. Yeah. So do you feel? Yeah. Do you feel like it's getting a little easier for you? Absolutely. Like you've got yourself a rhythm now. Yeah. Absolutely. Brody knows what he's going to get. You know what you're going to say. Yes. You can kind of, and I don't yeah. want to use the word manipulate, but you can massage these people that have never been in front of the camera before to talk and yes. get them through a segment. Right. And I send them a couple of videos. Take so, a look. So and, that they know what to expect. Right. Um, you know, the whole COVID thing has sort of sure. worried some of them. That's uh, been a little absolutely. bit of, I can understand that. of it right now is like, well, let's wait and see, you know, what happens. But we go in, you know, we made, um, you know, those like sandwich board type uh, display things. We had some signs made at the complete package and the signs say um, that we're videoing the establishment. And if you're camera shy to let us know, since I can't really walk up to the people now, I don't, you know, I don't want to invade oh, anybody yeah, yeah. with the whole COVID that, thing. Right. So we post them outside the doors. So anybody coming in and then the server normally lets them know right. just so that everybody's comfortable still with us right. coming cool in. Houser's here. So just be yeah. careful when you walk in. <laughs> Do you have a catchphrase? I like, do. Like, you know, you'll have that, like, wow, this is a lawnmower. <laughs> well, they say my catchphrase is to spread the chair. Oh, uh, well, that's right. At the end, that's <laughs> what you With my little finger guns. With your little finger guns. That's it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. How did that come about? <laughs> this is not another this dating. A, it another is. dating. No. <laughs> This is what my broker said to me, that I've gotten my best advice from the men that I've dated. He's like, how do you always manage that? You just always wind up coming out like plus. And so I had done a little, um, just fun for my Facebook friends, a little fun video in my car. I had just bought that little thing that hooks onto your windshield. Okay. And then I had won like $2 on a lottery ticket. So I was having a great day. And I wanted to try out, you know, 
putting the phone up on this thing and doing a video. And so I did it. And I, at the end of it, I said, don't forget, spread the chair. And I finger gunned and the whole thing. And the, this particular gentleman that I was dating at the time um, is in advertising. And he said to me, oh my goodness, that's your phrase. Like that just came so naturally like that. that and that's you. Like you're just always trying to make a situation better. Like you need to use that. And so Boom. That, that's how that came. Yeah, and he actually designed all the logos and everything for the face of Fullerton, too. <laughs> wow. I can't imagine what the next guy's going to, you know. What's next, bring right? for you. Yeah. <laughs> I've already got the, the title of the show, your ender. So I guess it's, I'm Wow, not... it's like basically none of it was me other yeah. than the idea of the nope, show. But that's what you, you hang around good people, absorb some a little bit of their ideas. Right. And, right. and I clearly like to talk. So a lot of thoughts get thrown back and forth so it worked out it did it worked out (laughs) that's great yeah yeah and going forward we're really excited like we're starting to see people um kind of come back on board we've got a lot of restaurants lined up and we're really excited to do it and then we're actually going to start another project that's going to be a little um sidecar of it where we're going into different cities now okay and um taking the show a little bit further so it's a little Brea, a little Placentia, a little yeah. Norbalinda. Well, yeah, we've already been hitting some of the other cities, but we're going even a little bit farther. Whoa. Yeah. Are we leaving the county? We are leaving the county. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we got one lined up in San Diego. Oh, PBS so. is going to be calling yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be going out to like wine country and right. Golden Gate Bridge. You're going to be Yule right. Hauser in a heartbeat. Right. <laughs> Maybe. The YouTube version. That's it. Hey. <laughs> If you didn't have it then, you've got it now. Right. right. We're going to take a quick break for a sponsor, and we'll be right back. This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. My guest, Maggie Weston, had a life-changing moment in 2011. The C word. We know that we're dealing with COVID, but you've been dealing with something for a very long time that also starts with C. Yes. And you're kicking the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah. Your battle with cancer. Yeah. When did you discover you had cancer? So I had breast cancer twice now. I've survived twice. The first time I discovered it was back in 2011. Okay. I was taking a shower one day, and as I was soaping up my body, I noticed on the side of my left breast that it felt like um, like a knuckle was in there. It was hard. It was like a little hard, like the size of a knuckle. And I thought, wow. And I actually had just, I just turned 40. I was set for my mammogram like the next month. Right. Like you're so supposed to. I was to. already going in and having that done. And I called my doctor and she said, well, you know, you're already set. Let's send you in for the mammogram. And so sure enough, they, um, they saw that there was a mass in there. And the way it was positioned, they couldn't do like a needle biopsy. So okay. I had to have surgery to have it removed. And I remember real clearly um, my doctor after it was removed, you know, and you come out and she goes, oh, it looked good. It didn't look cancerous. It looked good. So I just went on with life. And, and when they say that, like, like as if it would have a sign on that says cancer, yeah, non-cancer. Exactly. What? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't. Right. I won't. Yeah. I just, 
yeah, I was in my early 40s and I thought, all right, whatever. And it was about two or three weeks till my next appointment when the biopsy was going to come back and all that. And I brought two friends with me and we were, um, we were going to go out for Taco Tuesday after. And it like was any a, woman should. Yeah. Good Tuesday. <laughs> right. And we had other friends meeting us. But they just had happened to go with me that day. Like, we're all just going to make the trek out. I think we were in Stanton. And um, so we are in the office of the doctor, and she walks in, and she says, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have cancer. It's cancer. And boy, did the mood drop. We were having so much fun before that. Wow. And it was just like this weight. Like, you could almost feel it in the room of, what does that mean, you know? Right. And now, I, were you thinking in any way it would be, or what were your what was your thought process it, leading up? Like, you know, fifty fifty, I'm good. <laughs> like, it's my breast. I can feel like like what's right. What's your? That's the thing. I, I in the research leading up, like, what was the that process before you get the word? Yeah, you know, were you confident? I tend to just be on the side of maybe with the glasses half full okay. instead of half empty. And I was a yoga yoga girl, eating granola, you know, living a pretty healthy lifestyle. I my only vice at the time was maybe I drink a little bit okay. too much, you know, a little bit more than maybe the average person. But yeah, you know, I didn't smoke, nothing like that. That um I just I, I really couldn't imagine. I felt like I was I was probably in some of the best shape I had been in my entire life. Right. And so once I heard it, um, it was sort of a little game changer, you know, of what this meant and what had to happen. Well, the way that the cancer, and I'll speak very candidly about this because I feel like people should know. Right, like, you know, no, you, absolutely. You know, there's been things that have happened over the last couple of years, you know, that I wish people knew so that maybe they wouldn't make some of the comments that right. they make or yeah. say some of the things that they say. Um, but it was, it was really far over on my breast. It was kind of closer to my armpit. Okay. So the doctor said, you know, you're, you're young, you're in your early 40s. Um, how about we do a nipple sparing on you? Which means that we're going to be able to, I was stage zero. Okay. I had found it early enough. And she said, we can save your nipples. It's basically, we're just going to empty out that breast and we'll put an implant in there. And, and that'll be it. I wasn't even going to have to have chemo or radiation. Wow. Yeah. I was really one of the fortunate ones. And they. It's funny, that doctor makes it sound like you're getting up to go get like a tune up job. It's still a yeah. procedure, but she makes it seem like oh, it's not a big deal. We just take the nipple only. Yeah. The only question was do you want to do just the left breast or do you want to do both oh, breasts? Oh, right. Right. Yeah. You know? Jesus. Yes. Do you want to be a little bit preventive in the fact that, you know, it could come into the other one. Now, is there any history, family history? No. Okay. No, I was the first one. Uh, although, you know, getting back to my mother, a lot of our family members died really young. I had a, my aunt died at 36. My grandmother died at 53, I think it was. Okay. So had they lived long enough, maybe, maybe. we would have right. seen something, so you know. So no long-term history. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the women had passed away really early. In, um, in my family. So I decided I opted to just have both of them done. Um, 
Yay. Right. You know, getting breast implants. <laughs> <laughs> At 40, yay. Yeah. <laughs> but still, how, what was that thought press? Did you, did you feel comfortable saying, yes, let's do both? Or was there still like, that's still I thought about it for a little bit, you know, I, just a little bit I thought about it. I guess I didn't really understand what it all could mean going down the line. It seemed pretty simple right. to me. It sounds um, simple, but... yeah. Yeah, I'm cringing, right? It's just because it's just a process. <laughs> right. And I did opt to do the genetic testing. I okay. do have three daughters. Right. And they wanted to uh, make sure that if it was on the gene line that they could start looking at their options mm-hmm. as they became, you know, women. So, and I did, it's not in my gene pool. Okay. It's actually just a random thing that happened. Sure. Um, I had them both out. They did them one at a time. I know. Interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Is that just, it's easier that way? Uh, she said it had to do with like some cross-contamination, that okay. it was uh, just a safer way to do them six weeks apart. Okay. So, of course, we did the cancer side first. Sure. And I remember um, I was so brave up until the moment that they were, and I, I think I held that for my family and friends, just right. held that brave face, you mm-hmm. know, and kept saying it's okay. And uh, I remember being wheeled down the hallway to the to the room, and I'll never forget it because I just started crying. Sure, I started bawling. It it's just, real. It just kind of came over me of like, what does this mean? You know, what is it going to look like? At you know, what does the future kind of hold with everything? Um, and one of the fun parts about bringing this back to real estate, <laughs> as I'm getting wheeled into the room, I look up and there's my client. He, I, we didn't make the connection that he was um, one of the room managers at the hospital that I was at. So he was in charge of the room, making sure that everything was going smooth in the room, that the doctors had everything they needed. And here's my client looking at me as I'm bawling tears. Was he a seller or a buyer? He was a buyer. Did it go well? That you always want to open. Yes, it went good. really well. Okay, good. <laughs> it was really, it was like, oh my goodness, like you're here. I, there's somebody in this room that I know might care about me a little Basically bit. Basically, a complete stranger, but it's enough. Yes. Right? It's a buyer. Do you know this man? <laughs> yes. And he had said that he'd just heard about it a couple of days ago and didn't realize, you know, that One in, yeah. I, I was going to be showing up in his room right. that morning. You're that, um, Margaret. Yeah. Yes. And actually, he had to sign paperwork because he didn't know me outside of the room. Oh. Because <laughs> he was basically going to see me with no clothes on at this point. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't even think of that, but I, I didn't know there was a special paper yes. for nudity during, yeah. you know, a procedure to save a <laughs> had life. Had to be okay with all right. of it. Um, which what if he had said no? Well, like, <laughs> it was me that had to say, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't think he, uh, you know. See right. that every day. Right. Um, I've never seen breasts before. Yeah. I can, I'm signing off on this. <laughs> I was like, I don't care at yeah. this point. I just want somebody in here who knows me. That sounds really nice to me. So uh, That so, is surreal. Yeah, yeah. So the first one came out, you know, woke up. Uh, and I just did the process okay. of both of them coming out. So a couple years go by. It's 2014. And I've been doing everything that they've, you know, told me to do. In the beginning, you know, well, it was a process getting to that point of um, expanders and, you know, reconstruction and everything that went on. Took a little over a year to get through that whole process. Interesting. Of of rebuilding, yeah. So when they removed the breast, they put an expander in there. 
and I would go in every couple weeks and they'd stick this very large needle into my breast and fill it up with, at the time it was saline, they were doing to fill up the expanders. Right. And then eventually they get where you kind of used to be or whatever you want. Actually, your choices, you kind of can, they kind of say to you, what do you want? You know? Right. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to go through breast cancer and they're showing you models. Yeah. Like, what are you? What are you thinking? Yeah. (laughs) I guess if that's your choice and that's the upside to this. Yeah. Right. That's how I looked at it. That's sure. the upside. Hmm. What do I want? Yeah. Perky. <laughs> I had to think about that for yeah. just a minute. And then. Um, so, so this is over a couple of years, though, this it, pro- or a year. It took process. about a year to get through that whole process of how expanding you think, them. You would think it's like one's done six weeks later, another one's done. Yeah. They slap you on the back and out you go. You know, but a year. I have heard some other people who have gone straight to implant. Um, I think my doctors were just trying to take it slow cautious and just yeah was it because the type of cancer or where it was you know i i think everybody just has kind of their own process of how okay. they how okay. they do it and look at it. i've i've had a lot of different things from you know now that i've had so many surgeries wrapped around this i've had doctors that believe in binding you up after the surgery and wow and then i've had some that i wake up and i go whoa there they are you know so it's it's kind of a doctor's opinion on what they think works interesting best okay for it so a couple of years go by and i feel like my my left breast is moving closer to my right breast and I don't really know how all this works, you know, and I'm just thinking, wow, it just feels like like it's getting closer. Like I was coming to center, coming to center. It felt like it was it was moving. And I, I was now in a new network of doctors and I call this new doctor. Now I go there. Well, they set me up with this new doctor. I go to see him and he pats me on the shoulder and he says to me, you look fantastic. Just just go be home. Go home. Be happy. You look great. And I said, it's not about me feeling like I look okay. I feel like something's wrong, right. you know? And I could feel a little nub again, but it was different. And in the same area? In the same area. And he totally wrote me off and really made me feel small. Now, is this a, what kind of surgeon is this? He's a plastic surgeon. Okay, so the man's seen enough breasts and he didn't think, was, well, and they did this. look fit. They looked great. Right. I'm not going to say that but they didn't. could you look, if you looked in a mirror to yourself, could you f- see that it was off center or just kind of where your arm rests? I think it was, I visually saw it, but that was probably because I looked at myself every day right. for the last, Every morning you know, you're seeing yourself, right. It was one of those things of intuition with your own body okay. and knowing how I think your body's changed. Right. And that's the biggest, I guess ability to know when this could happen is you know your body. You touch your body more than anybody. Right. So right. you've got an idea that a breast I, is shifting. I found it that way. Right. You know? So I called the the original doctor who had done it, I stayed friends with because I helped him refinance his house. <laughs> and I sold three people in the office homes. Uh, so <laughs> you get close to these people when I, you're there I, all I the guess. time. When your top's off, sure. <laughs> So I had a really nice relationship yeah. still. And I Do call, you carry cards now when you go? <laughs> well, we always carry cards as realtors. <laughs> We're never without a card. Yeah. Shame on us yeah, if we right. are. Right. Um, and so I I had his cell phone number because, okay. you know, in the process of sure. helping him refinance. And I just reached out to him and I said, could you just look at me? I'll pay you whatever. You know, just right. you look at me. You tell me I'm crazy. 
I'll let it go. Right. This was your project. But you're the one who built these. You let me know what you think. And he looked at him and he said, no, I think they've moved. And he found a doctor in my network that had studied under him that he was friends with. Okay. And he reached out to him and he said, I'm going to send her. She's a former patient of mine. We think there's something wrong. Please see her right away. And uh, Dr. Bud took me in right away. And he said, yeah, I think something might be wrong. Let's just see what's going on in there. And sure enough, I had a, another two by four tumor that had grown. Now, two by four is in size? Two inches by four inches. Yeah. Wow. That was in there, and it was pushing the implant. That's so weird that something like that can grow in your body and you don't feel it like growing in your body. It's like a full belly after a yeah. good Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. And you're like, I got a two by four growing in my yeah. breast, and I don't feel it till my breasts shift. Right. Right. That is amazing the way the body works. Kind of deep in there. Right. Um, And the one thing about. Above the rib cage or is it below? It was. was, Well, it was on top of the rib cage. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy that that's when it appears. Yeah. It's slowly moving it along. And, And the thing about the cancer that they had told me was originally back in 2011, that I probably had it in my body for three years, but that it had just done this rapid movement all of a sudden. So it went from like pee it to might have went pebble. From, yes, pee to like knuckle right. really quick. And probably within a couple of weeks, they told me. So things like that are the interesting part to me and always the, the cautionary tale sure. of don't think you're crazy. You know, right. it probably did change. Something probably did uh, rearrange itself mm-hmm. inside of you. So it's your body, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, this time, you know, it was it had grown so big it was close to the nipple. So I knew I was going to lose that nipple, and I was going to have to go through radiation this time to make sure everything around it was gone. That's amazing. Yeah, and amazing in a weird way that like just like that kind of growth happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you take the second like I feel like I almost took the second diagnosis harder than sure, the first. Sure. Did, did you kind of think you were a champion? I beat it yes. and then you son of a bitch you show up again? Yes, absolutely. And I also had learned right before I found out I had it again that one of the women that I had originally gone through uh, the first battle with a friend of mine who, a neighbor of mine, who had had it six months prior that she'd just lost her life. She had made different choices than I had made. She had opted for um, just to remove the growth and to keep her breasts, where I had opted to remove mine. Right. Um, And it came back and it just ravaged her body. And so she had just passed away. And um, so I think just having that knowledge, knowing it was back, Knowing it was going to go a little bit further this time, too. What did that? What did that mean? You right. know, what did that look like? I remember when Angelina Jolie got a bunch of grief for doing that. Yeah. When when it, she had both of her breasts literally just removed and put, and everybody was like, "Oh, come on! What are you doing?" Yeah. And you look at it, look back at it, and you go, "No, I'm. I got to fight this thing right. any way I can." Yeah, and no, I looked at it as she was being very proactive. Right. Yeah, and you, we have to be with our health. That's sure. something I've definitely learned out of this that you really do have to. Um, fight for what you think is going on in your body or had I listened to that one doctor who knows where 
I would be today right. if, I, if I let him let me believe. Right, you that, know. Yeah, that it was okay. So the new doctor, you know, the discussions that start going on right. are, um, so you're going to lose one of your nipples. What do you want to do? Do you want to leave one without? You know, I can take the other one. I can cut it in half. I can make two new nipples out of it. I mean, crazy talk, right? Cut it in half and make two. I These are questions are like, how are you sitting there like kind of comprehending? Yeah. What are you doing with nipples at this point? Yes, right? Well, my response, of course, something funny always comes into my mind. and God love you. And I said to him, well, let's just cut it in half and make two new nipples because 20 years from now, who doesn't love 20-year-old nipples? I'll have 20-year-old nipples on this body. Which he said nobody would ever said to him before. Everybody likes Everybody likes 20-year-old nipples. So, and that's been, I think, a lot of the way that I do deal with everything that's happened. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of change. But the lighter side of it is we all still have our humor, sure. right? And we can always Absolutely. look at things yeah. on that side. Because that is how it goes. So how was that process then? Like sitting down there and going, okay, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, you're a healthy woman. I mean, were you thinking, I need to eat better, exercise more? Like, what could you have done to try to, like, keep fighting this thing? Yeah. It felt like there was nothing more I could really do. Um, I just I mean, felt, you're eating your vegetables and you're, yeah. right? You're doing. Yeah. It, it felt like I was constantly progressing to being healthier and and better in those areas. Right. Um, I just had to just sort of think it was something that was just, it was just part of my story. There was a reason for all of it. And, and I still couldn't help but wake up every day and still feel like I was the fortunate one, that it was just going to be a matter of now they were just going to take a little bit more of me compared to some of the lives that I've seen of people that have been fighting. Right fighting for this yeah Yeah. I mean like like you and I talked about beforehand and there's always good stuff before the podcast ever starts is like for for men it's testicle cancer right but we don't see men's testicles like with women's breasts you Mm -hmm. see them so the the discussion with women or or the denial they want to go through or at least this is what I've read and I'm sounding like a jackass male to say this but like it's how when this was happening, were you thinking like, this is really a part of me and it's the front door? Like, you always see my breasts in a blouse. You always see me. Like, was that something that came mm-hmm. across? And you're just thinking like, I got to get through this? <laughs> yeah. I think for me, again, I was single at the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, I didn't even think of that. And yeah. it, it just became a, a, a part of what I knew was going to be the future of having to explain something to somebody. Yeah, but um, is that like basically an effort? I've got to stay alive? Or did that really come to your thought? I, like, it did come to my... I mean, I knew I was going to beat it again. Right. Um, so that was probably like the thoughts that kind of came after. Uh, just it, There's just a lot of unknown, which is why I tried to be really candid about it, because there were things I wish people had told me 
Uh, there, there is. There was one woman, um, actually another client of mine. <laughs> it always comes back to real yeah, estate. It always comes back. <laughs> she had had uh, breast cancer, and she was kind enough during the first time to let me come over and look at her breasts and touch them, feel like to see what that would look like. She had opted to. She had both of her nipples removed, and she had opted to not have them back. Okay. Um, she actually thought it was great to not have them now to deal with in clothes right. anymore. Yeah, sure. Um, so I did have that to know that to see another woman in the flesh who yeah, I mean, who had gone through it. Right, because you're trying to imagine in yourself. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there in the doctor's office and he's explaining to you, oh, you have cancer. And you're just, all these things go through your head like, what am I going to look like? Mm-hmm. What are they going to look like? What's going on? Yeah. And, and another That's thing. That's sweet. Yes, very, very kind I mean, of her. So open to, from one woman to another to be like, listen, honey. Yeah. Let me show you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be I'm all right. I'm still very close to her. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a buddy for life. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You're right. It's and, and, and all of my struggles along this, because the story continues, um, she has always been sort of the ear that I've turned to, to, to listen to. Oh, look, guess what else they found, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But a lot of things do go through your mind. And and one of the things, too, was I knew now I was going to have to go through radiation. And I had heard that it was very exhausting. It was a daily event. It was something that you had to go to. Every day? Monday through Friday. I had to go. um, They give you the weekend off? Yeah, they give us the weekend off. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah, yeah. They poisoned you for five days and gave you the yeah. weekend off. Yeah. And, uh, and it was always the same time every day. So you got to know the people around the you. Working that were, crew. Sure. That were struggling and, and the, the people and the that were patients, fighting it. Right. Yeah. That were struggling it with you. And um, I mean, thank goodness for, I just have some really good friends. I think if I've been blessed with anything in life, it's, I have friends. Like, I can't tell you how many friends I have that I'm sometimes guilt-ridden with the fact that I don't spend enough time with each one of them because there's just so many good close friends and a lot of it has come out of this breast cancer and right. I think us realizing how fragile life can be sure and I mean so many of them there's one another fellow realtor actually stepped up and took me to most of those radiation appointments every day wow and just sat there and gave up some of her business to Make sure it was like at eleven o'clock, you know, the right. middle of the day, um, to make sure that I How got to them. How long was the radiation? A couple hours? I think. It, um, well, <laughs> <laughs> it was always a wild card really? on if the machines were working. Um, before radiation, you go in and they they take whatever they need to know that you know that they need to radiate, and they tattoo your body with these little tattoos of where the machine lines up every time. So every there's a memory in the machine of you, and every time you go in, you, so it's a very quick process if the machines are all working, and they line you basically wait, you go in, you change your clothes, you get in there, the machine comes over you, does its thing. Are you standing up like in a- uh, You're laying down. Okay, so you're laying down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, does its thing, and then you're out of there. 10 now, minutes, 15 minutes? 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes in the room. Maybe another 10, you know, waiting, right. getting dressed. No, I've things. never had radiation. So are you wearing like a, a face shield, a um, mask? or They had certain things that they were putting over you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just the party? In different air. They were protecting, as a woman, they were right. protecting um, 
like my ovaries and right. all that when they were not that I was going to have another child. But you never know. You never know. Sure. Exactly. I was dating somebody <laughs> yeah. younger than me sure. at one point. So <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that. But in that whole process, um, I'll never forget. There was a little girl who kept getting wheeled down every day. She was staying in the hospital, so they'd bring her down in the hospital bed, and then there was the day that she didn't come back, and. I just, I think that that's just like, it makes me want to cry just thinking about it right now that I can't help but wake up every day and just go, okay. Wow. Like, thank you. I'm here again. You know, right. When you get to, because we see the same people every day in radiation and going through it. Yeah. Monday through Friday, your 11 o'clock crew. Yeah. Yeah. And then I knew I was going to be done. It was like, I believe it was four months of radiation every day. That's how that went. That's a commitment. Yeah. Not that you wouldn't have done it, but it's just a damn commitment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every day and for four months. And you're just tired. It made you tired. And it, radiation burns your skin a little bit too. And I was very involved in the yoga community at that time. Okay. And one of the yoga instructors, her mom had been through breast cancer. And so she'd made this like solve of coconut oil and all this fantastic stuff for me to put on and I remember her bringing it she brought me flowers it was very beautiful and and that again all of this comes out of this sort of bonding that goes on I think especially among us women when it comes oh, to way more than women than men us breasts our breasts right, too right. you know and um, it's funny how that bonds women like yeah. men men are not showing each other their testicles yeah. and having a conversation about it <laughs> but with women it, yeah. there's no conversation that doesn't somehow end up yeah with breasts. Right. 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 In fact, I remember after the first reconstruction going back to work, and there was probably about six or seven women who were so curious about what it looked like. Sure. And, and we were because all- Because it could be them. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, right. And we were all in a room together, and I said, oh, I'll show you. And uh, one of the women that worked there that was like our transaction coordinator, she started to go, no, 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 don't do it here. Got to do it in my office. There's cameras in the room. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we all didn't think about the cameras uh, in the corners. I thought so, it was more of an HR problem. No, you worry about security going, oh. Uh, well, I work for a really <laughs> fantastic broker who, every time this has become a problem, him and his family have been lovingly standing by me. Supportive. So, the whole community, and I think that's part of where the face of Fullerton even birthed a little bit, too, is some of these restaurant owners. When Well, I should step back. When my kids were in grade school, mm-hmm. I ran um, a program for the PTA called Dining for Dollars. Okay. So I would go to restaurants and I would get them to sign up to let our school come in for a night. I, I know that they do this all over the place. Right. Um, sign up for the night and the school would get like 30%. So that's how I started to get to know a lot of these owners is just working with them in this charity event for the school, basically. And one of the restaurants, um, Fratellinos in Brea, Uh you've heard of him? Yep. Long standing in the community. Uh, When I got it the second time and his wife found out, oh, she must have brought me like a week's worth of food in one (sighs) night. I had pizza and lasagna and chicken piccata. I mean, it was endless. I looked at her and I said, Gabby, how do you expect us all to eat all 
Yes. <laughs> and she said, oh, it's for all the days, like just so you're never right. without food. But, I have breast cancer, but now you're going to make me obese. I yeah. mean, just, <laughs> <laughs> she just did not want my family to be hungry or for me to worry about right. dinner. That's sweet. So, yeah. Super, super wonderful things came out of it that way. I think that's a woman's thing. Like one woman to another, just like, I understand. I'll take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you at now? Well, so I had the reconstruction and the nipple reconstruction, which actually turned out pretty fantastic, if I must might say so. Great. Um, and I started to struggle again with my just implant type problems. The left side kept wanting to uh, kind of go in and it just wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. It was going up high. It was, we were having a lot of problems. So the first suggestion was to take some skin from my back. Cause sometimes when your skin's been radiated, uh, it will reject the implant. Right. God. So yeah, yeah it right. goes on, right? It just Jesus, goes on. It's one thing. They're trying to help you with one thing. It's another. Yeah. So I went back in for, it's called a flap surgery. So they basically take a piece of skin from my back and they move it, literally stretch it and move it over to the front and remove the radiated skin. Who thinks of this stuff? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I had that done and I continued to have problems. And it must be about a year and a half ago now, they decided to go back in, see if there was something wrong. And they realized that the first surgeon, not my plastic, not my first plastic surgeon that I went back right. to, but the breast surgeon, uh, must have left uh, some permanent stitches in my body. And so for all these years, I had an infection brewing all around my ribs and all around that outside of that pocket. They just never dug deep enough because my scar tissue hadn't gone. Had covered it or? had Yeah, it just hadn't gone. Well, it hadn't gone deep enough because it was way deep down at the bottom of where the pocket was made to hold the breast. And so all that got dug out of me. I went in thinking I was going to have, I don't know, I think it was a two and a half, three hour surgery. And I wound up in surgery for eight hours. My poor family. I mean, I didn't know. Right. right. It's not like you had appointments yeah. or anything. Yeah. You had to, right. had to sell a house. It was, it was my poor mother, you know, right. waiting. Everybody like, in the lobby eating bad hospital food. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's really going to go on that line. Right. Um, I came out of that. And coming out of that, so the, the whole surgery was just about swapping out an implant. And so when he discovered that, took all that out of my body, he still had to put the implant back in my body, even though he felt it was better to leave it out and let my body heal. So I just went back in in June. So we scheduled that. Wow, I just, during COVID. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So this is really great. So I was supposed to have the surgery on March 13th to have both of my implants removed, just let my body rest for six months to a year. And I got the call literally on March 12th at 5 p.m. saying that they were canceling all um, cosmetic surgery because of COVID. <laughs> so I was supposed to, I was all set up, I was ready to go. I was grocery shopping, trying to buy everything that I needed, you know, to have some food and got the call and my, my surgery was canceled. So wow. yeah, so as things started to open up again, they asked how comfortable I was. And, um, you know, I'm a, I, I think I do come from one of those beliefs of, I, I do try to be careful, of course, but sure. you know, 
fits my time, but it hasn't taken me twice. I think I can get through this surgery and probably be okay. Keep kicking ass and yeah. taking names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had them both removed in June, and that's just been a whole nother, um, a whole nother aspect and a whole nother part to live with of it. It affects what clothes I wear. Sure. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize. Um, how like I have these deep concave parts of my skin now, um, like holes in my chest, basically. Right. And you know, with the wrong shirt, you're gonna see it. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a new thing. So your wardrobe's kind of shifting a little bit. Yeah. And then my wardrobe got a little bit tight anyway because of that COVID fifteen, <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, I was just like down to like three outfits that I felt comfortable. And now I've sort of taken on, I don't really care that much. If somebody sees it and they ask me, I explain it to them. I always. Like a badge of honor. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. yeah. It didn't kill me yeah. yet, right? It's my so, battle scar. I kicked somebody's ass. Exactly. In a bar exactly. fight called cancer. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going back in a couple months. We'll take a look at where I'm at right now. And we're talking about maybe some reconstruction with me this time of taking some fat from different parts of my body and making a breast out of just fat this time. Is that a new procedure? Is it, I mean, you not know, that you're the I, first. I, but I don't know that... how new it is other than I know that they're going to send me to somebody in Beverly Hills who specializes uh, in it. Of course, Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they know what they're yeah. doing. And of course, everybody has offered their fat to me, too. <laughs> you know, it goes constantly. Well, you're going to have my fat. Uh, I actually got offered nipples. There was a bunch wait, of... Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. Who's giving up their nipples? A bunch of my friends were like, you can have my nipples. They're really big. I don't want them anymore. Oh. You know? <laughs> Yeah, things like that. I told you I was going to be candid. (laughs) No, I just love the fact that women will be just willing to be like, take them. Yeah. Things drive me nuts. I don't need them anymore. Yeah. So do you nipple shop? Is that what you're doing? (laughs) You don't want to embarrass any friends. Oh, Michelle, I don't like yours. I like Katie's better. Yeah. Fortunately, you can't transfer somebody else's. Right. I I think that's kind of a stretch for somebody to think they're just going to hand those over. Right. Right. So you still got that ahead of you. Yes, that is. Good. That's next. That's next. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. You're with us. You got, you know, if you got battle scars, they're good ones to have because you're winning. Yeah. Right? Right. Those are the ones you can be like, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so many don't. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, God yeah. love you, Maggie. I'm glad you're you're with us and you're kicking ass. <laughs> Thank and you. You know, you're the beautiful YouTube star that you are. <laughs> Thank you. You're too kind. You got the dating life. <laughs> Well. She's t- <laughs> COVID dating life. Yeah, right. It's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being here and coming today and talking. Yeah. I hope some women get to hear this and they take their mammograms and they Absolutely. check themselves in the shower and right. do what needs to be and done. And trust. Trust what they feel. Right. Because they're probably right. Right. There's no yeah. joking. It's your body. You yep. know. That's right. That's right. Be your advocate. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. This is Matt Brown, and you listen to Just a Good Conversation. Please hit the subscribe button as well as the like button. You can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as well as the website, justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.